Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Lisa Sicalianos Carter. She earned her BA and MA in painting and drawing from SUNY Albany. She was recently a Next Haven Fellow, a 2022 Headlands Artist in Residence, and in 2021, she was awarded the inaugural fellowship at Foreland, a six-month studio residency in the Catskills. Her recent exhibitions include Realms of Refuge, Kave Gupta, Chicago, Uncommon Proximity, James Cohen, New York, and The Eye of Belonging, Mandeville Gallery, Union College, Schenectady, New York, Never Done, 100 Years of Women in Politics and Beyond, Tang Teaching Museum at Skidmore College in Sarasota Springs, New York. She was featured in New American Paintings, number 146, the Northeast issue, and received the Sustainable Arts Foundation grant. Elisa has been awarded several residency programs. Welcome to this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast, featuring Elisa Sekalianos Carter. Elisa, welcome to my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm uh, delighted to feature you. Thank you so much for having me, Phyllis. My pleasure. When did you discover your artistic passion? I think I've always had it. I can remember as like a young child utilizing drawing specifically in class when I was kind of checked out from whatever was happening. Like um, like my earliest memories, like maybe first or second grade and getting in trouble and, um, and just doodling and like drawing the teacher, like my classmates. And I feel like I carried that with me of like knowing I had art sort of in my back pocket as something to, to express myself. And I felt entitled to, like, it was something I always felt like I was allowed to do. So yeah, so I think from a very early age, it was in me. And then it wasn't obviously until I was much older that I saw it as something as like a, a viable option to do as a career. But, but that was something that was always just in me, this desire to express myself visually. That's great that you grabbed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it took a long time. It wasn't, it, didn't, it was like a, a long journey to like realize that it was something I could actually do. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that I actually went for it. Follow your instincts, right? Yeah. And uh, do you recall if you were influenced by a particular artist? Um, I think like when I was younger, my family, my grandfather lived in Williamstown, Massachusetts, and the Clark Art Museum or Institute is there. And I remember going a lot as a kid. And there's like paintings and sculptures, but I specifically was like really into um, Degas' Little Dancer. And that was something that stuck with me. I, I, I don't, you know, I wasn't sculpting as a child, but I 
I just think like the figure and um, the sort of like grace and beauty in that, in that piece, like stayed with me. And also um, I was really influenced by Josephine Baker as a young kid. There was the Josephine Baker story on HBO and I became obsessed with her. And I remember in like, again, in second grade, we had to do these outlines um, of our bodies and then like draw, like on paper, draw these outlines. And then we had to fill in sort of like who we would be like, you know, some people like drew doctors or something and all the sort of like things that would go with that. And I drew myself as Josephine Baker um, (laughs) in this like strapless blue, I mean, like in the film, this um, strapless blue like mermaid style dress and white gloves. And she, she was a dancer. She was a singer. She was an artist, but I was really, really um, influenced by her just glamor and, um, and power. And I think that is, yeah, like one, and, and the way that I make work now, it's very like opulent and I wouldn't, I don't know if it's glamorous, but it's opulent and like luxe. And so I definitely see her as someone who influenced the way that I like my aesthetic and the way I understand um, beauty in the world. So how would you define your practice? Um, I think it's very personal. Like I really, it's like to to get to this point was such a like kind of um, long journey. And for me, it's like this reclamation of power. Like it's really about me, like knowing I can do this. And it's like, it could have been something else, but it happened to be like the artwork that I needed to sort of just realize who I am am or who I was in this world um and so it's very much about like understanding my power and my sort of place and I also see it as like alchemy like I feel like a witch or like a chemist like creating in the studio um that's like really important and really special to me and like it's about transformation um I also see it as like a way of kind of bringing forth the unseen like to my audience or to the world like I'm sort of going back into this this world this like veil like behind the veil and bringing these messages or bringing these stories to um to the viewer so I feel like that's really important and like a practice in just um completely like giving like in service to my intuition or or giving um up the control to my intuition and what what materials do you use in your work? Um, so I'm a, an acrylic based painter, um, but I, I really I use a lot of glitter. Um, I use like too much glitter and um, Josephine Baker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, I use like like iridescent pearlescent materials, metallics, um, gold foils. I hope to when my budget gets a bit bigger. I use like real gold leaf. I use like mica and micaceous iron oxide. So anything that feels, as I said, like glamorous or like abundant um, and rich and also um, magical, like it just feels like, it feels like I'm like using magic and, and like they're like these synthetic materials, but I really feel like when they, when they come to me, like they become something else, something more sort of powerful and meaningful. So I'm, I'm very, yeah, I'm very attracted to anything that like sparkles and, and has that, that energy to it. So given that, how do you feel like what overcomes you when you approach a blank canvas? Yeah, um, it's, it just feels like complete 
openness. Like it feels so, it's so exciting. It's like my favorite. It's like I could eat it, <laughs> that feeling. It's just like, it's delicious, you know? Um, I I just, like there's this paper, um, I always mess it up, but uh, it's like Reeves, I think Arches Reeves BFK or something like that. I don't remember, but um, it's a Primicky paper and I use both the black and white paper and it's just like, uh, I feel, it just feels so exciting. And even if I'm like doing the same thing, like I have this series where um, <clears throat> black into blue, I mean, that's what I call it. It's not actually called that, but I would like paint the ground with this iridescent blue and that just that, that like action and like this kind of swirl or spiral, it just feels like I'm, I'm going into another world. Yeah. And so that's every time I kind of get to like have that, like that new um, blank piece in front of me, it feels like I'm like entering this new space. And, and do you listen to music while you work? I do. Um, I do listen to music. I less than other things. Um, if I'm listening to music, I really like cello. Like I try to find like all different kinds of cello pieces or, um, Megan Thee Stallion, who's my favorite rapper of all time. And also I listened to in high school and middle school, like I'm very nostalgic in that way. Like I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of contemporary music. And also I love, I love podcasts. I like podcasts and I love, or I like the news. I really love TV. So that's the thing. I watch a lot of TV. I feel very lucky to have like a job where I can watch TV while I work. And that um, I like talking in the background. Like that makes me feel good and kind of comforting. And so like a lot of science fiction and like um, rom-coms happen in the studio. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you excited about now? Um, I'm excited about my show that's up at Kavi Gupta gallery in Chicago. Um, I just finished that work, which was like really huge. And I'm really excited. I guess I'm, I'm, those were kind of larger pieces, not the biggest, but I'm excited to sort of just experiment more in, in like scale, like smaller pieces. I have an idea for a book that I'm interested in pursuing. So that's something um, that's like in the back of my mind. But mostly, honestly, I'm just excited to like relax too, <laughs> because I just just like birthed this whole uh, you know show, and so I'm like really excited to not to not do that for a little bit as well. Yeah, it's work. Uh, how do you keep learning? Um. I would love to say that I read a lot. I don't, but I do, um, when I do read, I really like, because it's like few and far between, I really try to um, hold on to the information like so tightly. I think just like listening to myself, so much of it is just like about me trusting myself and like kind of the ideas. And if I like think of something like doing some like light research or whatever, um, I'm also the kind of person that like I can hear like one sort of tidbit in, of information and then it like can spark this whole body of work. Like I really feel very um, grateful that like I don't need a lot to sort of like go all in. So that's something that like my brain is sort of triggered by this little tiny, like something like, you know, science or some kind of scientific fact or something. And then, and then it like opens up my brain to this like new idea. So yeah, that's, I think. And also just like talking to people and listening and, yeah. And when do the titles of the work enter yeah, the creative process? Oh, yeah. I really love those. Um, 
titles. I used to hate it. I used to feel like really stressed out and um, a lot of pressure to, to like, you know, have something really cool or whatever. But um, now like I get really excited. Uh, I used to make music and, um, and I used to write my own songs and that was, I really loved that process. And it's, and that's what it feels like when I'm making, when I'm painting, like getting to name them, it's speaking to that part of me. And so sometimes it's um, before the piece is made. Like I just will picture something and I'm like, oh, this is like this idea. I want to communicate this message I want to um, bring forth. And then um, like with this last show, I had some pieces. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to name these really quickly. And so I just stared at them for a long time and sort of thought about you know, whatever, whatever, however they make me feel. And then sometimes it's like, they're talking to me and they're like, this is what I am. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. And then sometimes it's just me sort of like naming it, not like a child because I have a child, but like, like a, um, like this, like honoring. I'm like, you know, like, like bestowing this sort of gift or magic onto this piece. So, um, it's at all different stages though, really. It's, and I, I love that. It's like, it's so fun. It's like an album or something, you know? Um, and it's, I want people to like, I mean, I don't know what to look at from it, but I, I do want people to pay attention to it. And if they have questions, ask questions, but it's, it's like a really fun, really fun part of it for me. Yeah, it's great. You enjoy all aspects. Yeah. And h- how would you define black art? I really, I mean, anyone, like any black person making art, it's, black art you know like I don't I don't feel like there's like I identify as a black artist and I know that's like can be very loaded and heavy and I, I fully respect people who don't you know want to say that and they just want to say they're artists but I think that it's just any art made by a black person like it's like <laughs> obviously you know like it doesn't have to be like figured you know it can be anything you want um because we have like we, this expansive experience and we are so many things and we ex- have you know all these different approaches to life and and origin stories and so I just think any art made by black person black person is black art and that's yeah <laughs> that's, that's that right yeah um, has your practice changed much over the years yes yeah totally um I think about this a lot like in undergrad so I I was like I graduated from undergrad in like seven years ago um and like 2015 right and then I got my MA right after in 2016 and um and I, I remember in undergrad, and that's where I really started to do this, like focus on this particular work and like this mythology. And um, I just remember being kind of really scared. Like, like I, I knew there was something beyond, like there was more that I was reaching for and I, I just didn't know how to get there. And I just, I remember kind of like trying to do these, I'm being vague, but like, I remember a professor being like, get witchy with it. And I kind of didn't understand what he meant. And he was like a terrible person, but, <laughs> but, um, but that particular thing, I was like, oh, I really do want to go, like, go deeper. Like, and I don't know how to do that. Like, and then um, more recently I was thinking about it. And I was like, oh, I totally, I, I did that. I'm like beyond that point. Like I'm even further into this, like, as it, like this power within myself. And so I feel like I really was able to like let go and, and just trust myself. And that, um, 
And so like visually, yes, it's changed quite a bit. Like I've gotten a lot better and whatever, <laughs> you know, the images are um, like more interesting and I'm using different materials and all that. But, but for me, like, as just like an individual, like I really, um, I trust myself completely. And I, I didn't, I was like, still like, oh, I don't know, you know, like still very nervous and unsure of like what I was trying to say. And, and that's like totally normal, obviously like average but I really feel the difference and it's so wonderful to, to know that and to, to be with like fully realized or actualized in that. So at this point in your life and your, in your career as an artist, if you had not developed or become an artist, Mm -hmm. what other profession do you think you would have chosen? Normally I say like, I wouldn't have, there's nothing else I could do. Um, and I, I, like I couldn't work in an office or like, I mean, cause I would just get fired for being late all the time. Um, but I think, or like, yeah, not even an office. Like I worked in a movie theater for nine years and I, um, I was late every single day, but I think, I think like a gardener, like I would garden, like, I don't want to be a farmer. That's like too large scale, but I, I think like, I would love to be like in a garden somehow or like working with plants or something like that's That's like my other like favorite thing to do is garden. And so if I could figure out how to make money doing that, that's what I would have, I think, done. And what does your workplace look and feel like? Do you have a lot of plants there? (laughs) Um, Normally? Well, yeah, I think in my last studio last year, I did have a bunch of plants. Um, It's, it's totally bonkers. My workspace. It's like, um, it's like an explosion and then I clean it up and then it becomes an explosion. It's just so bananas, but in my dream space, there'd be like a whole corner of like windows and then just tons of plants that hopefully would be like protected from glitter. Um, (laughs) But yeah, my space is very um, messy. (laughs) Super duper. I'm not like a, an artist who, yeah, like is, I mean, I, I do, there is order and there's like, you know, thought into all of it, but it's, uh, it definitely is a wild space. What what did you feel is the purpose of art? I think that I don't know. I mean, I guess I mean I do know. I it is to just make you feel something. I I feel like it, for me when I go and see art, if I hear music or if I see a film or whatever theater, I just want to be like held by it, and I end. And I think that's what I'm trying to do as well. So I think just to like make your, yeah, like get your blood pumping and heart beating and interested and thinking and, um, and talking, um, which feels kind of simplistic as I'm saying it, but it, it, that's like, I mean, I guess for me, like when I think about making art, like I have a specific thing that I'm trying to do, like, which is like uplift and like reflect and resist and, like all those things, but, um, and so it's, it's obviously different for everyone, but I, I guess to like tell a story and, and to inspire someone like just stepping into themselves more. Yeah. Art is, it's amazing how it can make you feel. Yeah. And, and when you're creating, do you, do you think about who your audience is? Yeah. I mean, I think like, it's definitely like FUBU for us bias. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, like I'm making art for, black people and I uh, I don't you know everybody I think can access it or um engage with it like every single person has has the right to do that and I I hope they do but I very much want 
to tell either a real or made up story about us. And as I said, like uplift and it's not like, I'm not trying to like prove anything. I'm not trying to like prove that we are, you know, worthy of something, but I'm just trying to reflect that. And so that is definitely, I want to, I want to give that like a gift to black people. But when I'm making, I'm not like, um, oh, pe- I hope people think this is really cool. It's not like that, you know? Like, I'm just like, um, just wanting to to just show, like depict these stories of, of Blackness and, and resilience and um, power and, and beauty and all of that. So, um, yeah, in, in that way. Do you think your audience understands that? Um... I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, actually, I don't think everybody does, but yeah, I think that when I speak, you know, in, in, in grad school, I was one of two black people in the program and there was no, there was one like professor of color who is not black. And so I was like, Oh my God. Like, and I, people were like, Oh, this is really good. And I was like, is it good? Like, are you just telling me that because you don't want to be racist? You know, like I was like really freaked out about like, if I actually had something that was like, worthwhile and then once I actually got to like grad school and and was was able to like you know talk with other people I was like okay this is this I really have something here and um even so like this the show that just opened I spoke with like so many people and it just felt like it was so good like just hearing people's responses and like kind of gasps you know as they walk in and how they just felt so like seen that that was like oh my god it was so amazing like the greatest gift um so i, I think that like the people who meet who who it's for like know it's for them yeah um and i think when i talk to other people who are not black i i think that they under, there's like you know they're like not everyone again but i feel like they recognize that this is like like you need to give reverence to this work you need to like hush and like listen and like pay your respect and that's like really like kind of like bow down you know like that and that's what I think that like a lot of people also get that which is great and that makes me really happy when like even if it's like three people get that I'm like okay cool like my work is done that's, <laughs> that's good that's good enough no I, I yeah, can't yeah. it must be a wonderful feeling to watch a person walk in and their, their expression and their body oh my god language yeah. respond to what you've created that's got to be a it's incredible I bet it is I bet yeah. It is. yeah yeah and especially like this this was like you know my first um like commercial solo show and like real kind of you know the work I had a solo show previously but like it was the work it wasn't like one body of work it was like a lot of different things and so to like have this show to create this work and put so much thought behind it and then people just like to be floored it just feels like you know it was so hard it was such a hard time making this work and it was it just happened very quickly and it was whatever so many things but um that was yeah that was just like the best feeling i've one of the best feelings i've ever had that's great that's great i would think that's what most artists strive for i've enjoyed our conversation so this is the last question and what do you feel is your role as an artist um I think again, like just, um, I'm a messenger. Like I'm, my role is to bring to light these stories that I think are important. I think other people will think are important. You know, I think it's like some, it's channeling, 
but like not in the way that people kind of imagine it. Like I do feel like that's what I'm doing, but like to tell the stories like my own, but also like others like who are not here or who have passed or whatever. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to sort of bring those um, to people and like reimagining and um, reconfiguring of history or trauma. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's what I'm meant to do. It's like my really, like, I feel like I was placed here on this earth to, to, to bring these stories forward and to show people. And I think, um, yeah, like I want people to, I want it to be like a loving sort of punch to the gut, you know, or to the heart, like the way that they respond to it. I want, like, I feel that way when I see my work, I'm like, Oh, you know, like I, I feel like embraced and like overwhelmed by it. And I, I, that's what I want people to feel like, um, like they're being like, it's like water rushing over you or something. That's how, um, I want it to, to get them. And I also, um, I want, not just in the art, but like as an artist, like the way that I got to being an artist, like I really like love to talk to people about that, but I feel like I, I want them to like, know that like, it may not be art that they sort of choose, but like to try to find like their freedom and their like path and what's going to kind of open them up to like what's meant for them. So like that, I mean, if the art is that awesome, but more in just like conversation and talking about sort of like, you know, whatever choices in our lives and journeys and stuff. Like I wanted to give that to people if possible and sort of inspire them or encourage them to, to like let go and, and go for those things. Cause I think that is so, um, it's so wonderful and so important. It is. And that's why we all need to live with beautiful work throughout our homes. (laughs) So every day we have things to lift us up. Yeah, absolutely. Elisa, this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phyllis. I have too. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram. 